Welcome. I'm Paul Bishop, and this is another edition of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are occasional bonus downloads where my co-host Richard Prosh or I get to hang out in the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast saloon and spend some time chewing the jerky with friends who also love the Western genre as much as we do. With me for this edition is a buddy who I go way back with, David Robbins, author of the Wilderness series and hundreds of other books. Hi, Paul. It always amazes me with guys like you who have the imagination to keep all of the books that you do different and strong. You and James Reasoner are two guys whose writing is always on the money, and I appreciate that so much. How did you come to find that kind of prolific writing skill? I don't know if I found it so much. It was just there. I didn't start writing until kind of late in life. I was in my mid-30s. Really? Yeah. And I was in broadcasting at the time. I was like program director, chief engineer at radio station and had a wife and a little one. I won't go into it, but we had issues with the little one where one of us had to stay home. She didn't want to. She wanted to keep her job. So I had always, uh, she asked me if you could do anything you wanted to do, what would it be? And I had told her when I was real young, I entertained visions of being a writer. So I said, uh, if I could do anything, I'd like to write. So she said, write me a book. And I said, are you crazy? Do you know how long it'll take me to write a book? Nothing will ever come of it, but I wrote the book. So she read the book and she goes, you know, this is pretty good. You ought to send it in. But I said, are you crazy? You hear about these writers all the time. They send off like 10, 20, you know, queries and they never get their book published. So I sent off the book. Anyway, long story short, the first publisher I sent it to, it was published. So I decided <laughs> I was an omen. <laughs> you decided maybe I can do this? Well, so I launched into my uh, writing career, yeah, 351 books later, but it wasn't finding it. It's just that there was, I guess you'd call it natural ability or something, flows out of you. Now, that first book that you had published, was that a standalone or the beginning of a series? Oh, it was a standalone. I've tried to buy up every copy and destroy them, but haven't succeeded. <laughs> okay. You know how you improve with things you do, right? The oh, longer yes. you do it, the better you get that 10,000 hour deal. Anyway, it was a standalone. After that, I branched off and started writing pretty much whatever I wanted to write. When I was little, my dad died when I was really, really young. I was like eight when he was shot. And so since my real world at the time wasn't very nice, I kind of <laughs> lost myself in books in fiction worlds, like Edgar Rice Burroughs. And because of that, I became really fond of all different kinds of genres, horror, westerns, you know, action adventure, everything, you name it. And perhaps that early interest carried over into my career. And that's why I've written all different kinds of books, everything from science fiction to horror to westerns to mountain man, even nonfiction. Wow. You and I have a little bit in common there. I look back on my early stuff and wonder how in the world it got published. But then, I stopped, then I stop and think, well, it got published, so it had to have some merit, although I'd love to have those pages back and redo. I am I, so there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I had a point in my career, my writing career, where I switched over and I edited about 50 books written by other people. And I learned so much about being a writer in that editing process that it changed me completely to what wow. I, I have become now. And, and I really attribute it to that. And like you, my early life wasn't the easiest, and I lost myself in books and discovered this love of story and character, yeah. and it stayed with me my entire life. Same here. Same here. Now, what number wilderness book are you on? 
let me see. It would be number 71 in what you might call the regular editions, because there's also been giant size and some crossovers. So I think the total is about 76 or 77. But I've been writing yeah, them for uh, 30 years. Wow. You're now self-publishing them? Yes. Leisure published them for the longest time. And then when they stopped, I got all the right backs and been publishing them my own publishing company, Mad Hornet, now for, what, about 10 years or so. So I do those and publish all my own stuff now. It's really fun. With Wilderness, where did the inspiration for that come from? Because that was an original series with you that you started. I know you wrote for series like The Trailsman and other series, but Wilderness was original to you. I love the wilderness. I love the wilds. Where we live right now, if you go like what, <laughs> 20 steps out my back door, you're in deep forest. Wherever we've lived, I've always, that again stems from my childhood. I spent a lot of time in the woods and wilds of the state I grew up in, and that carried over into my later life. Part of the wilderness series stems from my love of the mountain man era, the trapping days, the early days of the frontier. I might be one of the few people that you will talk to who actually, at one time, amazingly enough, did some trapping, small little trap line. Of course, I also used an outhouse back then, too. So, <laughs> uh, Back in the 50s, the uh, state I was in, they offered bounty for muskrat. And because I was a starving farm boy with no money whatsoever, I had a uh, trap some muskrat for a couple of seasons. I mean, it was no big deal. I didn't actually get a lot of them. If I remember right, they were offering like 75 cents for a hide and pellet, which to me was a lot of money then. And I think if it was a cherry, really choice when you could get a dollar twenty-five. But anyway, all that woven together explains why I was interested in doing the Mountman series. With the Wilderness series going seventy plus books, how do you keep it fresh? Oh, story ideas. Okay. Well, early on, I decided it was going to be a genealogical saga, epic, if you want to call it. It was going to be about the mountain man, Nate King, grizzly killer, his Shoshone lady, and their children. What it became was a generational saga of Nate, his kids, as they grow up. They grow up, they get married, they have children, and it stretched over decades, as it would in you know real life. So with so many characters, and given that no shortage of stories... Because you carry over from the early days of the initial trapping and the beaver trade. And by now, I'm up to the 1840s, 1850s. So it's gone quite a ways. How much research do you have to do for each book? Well, I did tons of research when I first started. I read everything I initially could. You know, I didn't want to just lie on the storytelling plot elements, but I wanted to make it as realistic as I could. So I read everything I could by real mountain men. It surprises some people to learn because a lot of people tend to think of mountain men as being, I don't know, how would I phrase this? Somewhat illiterate bumpkins or something. You know what I mean? Sure. They figured all they were interested in was, you know, the rendezvous, getting drunk, having a good time. But they also had the thing called the Rocky Mountain College. Where over the winter, a lot of these guys would be holed up in between seasons. They'd be reading books. And some of them wrote really marvelous counts of their lives, like Osborne Russell, Journal of a Trapper. And there was the other guy, Zenas Leonard, Adventures of a Mountain Man. And there were others, too. Smith and some others left writings that reflect what the mountain men actually did, believed, thought, what they were doing during that time. So I wanted to incorporate as much as that into my series. That said, it's a fiction series. 
and I tended to expand on elements that the real mountain men might never have encountered, all in the interest of entertaining storytelling. You never let uh, truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> there you go, yes. <laughs> now, what was your first Western? My first Western ever? I'm having a brain blip. Let me think. We're talking 30 years ago or more. I don't think it was a trailsman. If I count the trailsman, I think I've written like 250-some Westerns, and I have to go back like 30 years. Wow. To what was the very first one that I wrote? It might have been something called Diablo, now that I think about it. That might have been my first Western. Now, you wrote, what, almost 100 books for The Trailsman? You would ask all these questions where I have to strain my brain. Let's see. Ah, 116. That series, although it falls into the adult Western territory, it really was a little softer than a lot of the books like Long Arm and Gunsmith and others. In terms of the adult content, they still had an editorial request that there should be at least three, call them whoopee scenes, in each book. But they didn't have to be, how do I put it, X-rated? I do incorporate them into some aspect of the story rather than just throw them in for titillation's sake, if that makes sense. My first book was Shroud of Vengeance, which was number six in the Diamondback Adult Western series. Mm -hmm. And the only direction that I was given by the editor of that series was, you can write whatever you want as long as there's two sex scenes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember I had one request of my own when I started the series because, of course, as background, you read everything that goes before, you know, other writers have worked on it. And I saw one book where Agnes Fargo essentially forced himself on a woman. I think she was the wife of a preacher or pastor or something. And when they asked me to do the series, I looked at it and said, OK, fine, but I'm not going to have any of this forcing himself on women. If he's this handsome stud muffin and they got all these saloon growls and others prancing around, they can throw themselves at him without him having to force. Anyway, it was fun. I loved doing The Trailsman. It was a great series. Sky Fargo was a great character. I think it was John Messman that created the series, if I remember. Yes, his, his, oh, his uh, take on Fargo was great. What other series have you enjoyed working on, either Westerns or otherwise? Let me see. I worked on Bolin, uh, Mac Bolin, the Executioner series. I really enjoyed doing those books. A couple of reasons. The editors there, of all the editors I've worked with, of all the hundreds of books, they were the, I guess you'd call them the strictest on what they wanted from their writers. They had like a Bible on how Bolin should be presented, and they stuck to that. Even though they had a stable of writers, Bolin was always Bolin. I enjoyed those. I enjoyed Trailsmen. Enjoy my own series, obviously, like End World and Wilderness and creating the Enrolled universe, the whole thing. I worked on Hardy Boys for a little bit, some others, Omega Sub, like doing those. I just love writing. You did an Enworld Wilderness crossover. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> How did that come about? Wow, what a confluence of bizarre circumstances. I was working with an editor at the time on the Wilderness books. The editor informed me that he was leaving. This editor happened to be a big Enroll fan, and they hadn't done any Enroll books in a while because the apocalyptic genre supposedly had, you know, how these genres come and go. And so they hadn't put any out in a while. I knew he liked them, and he asked me to do a last Enroll book for them. So I thought, well, you know what would be fun? Because I had this idea of the Enroll universe where all my own series are tied together. Like the mountain man in Wilderness is the ancestor of the warrior set in Enroll hundreds of years in the future. 
So I figured, okay, <laughs> the readers are probably going to be shocked because here they have this mountain man series, right? This mountain man's bopping along and killing grizzly bears, associating with Native Americans and all this other stuff. So for my last book, I stuck in time travel where the warriors from the future come back and meet my mountain man. And <laughs> they accepted it. So I thought, okay, cool. Well, then the editor leaves and I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do now? And the new editor comes on. And the next thing I know, I'm getting a letter because this is pre-computer days saying, sure. what in the world was this book? And I'm like, what? Why did you, what did you, they were dumbfounded that I had crossed over the two. And I explained the previous editor had said they were ending End Worlds. No, that's nuts. We're not, it's still selling great. And in fact, it went on for another like 30 some books or something. So yeah, in, in the middle of End World, this authentic saga of a mountain man, we get time travel with Minotaurs. And the apocalypse from the future, the pandemic of yes. 2020 turns up in... <laughs> there you go. But conversely, it was a good stepping stone for the Enrolled universe itself. So it all worked out. I mean, you can read Wilderness and appreciate it as a strict mountain man series. There's no mention in there, any other context of the fact that it's part of an entire genealogical universe. Same thing with Enrolled. You read that as pure sci-fi and except in one book that links the family trees, as it were. There's no mention of it. They each stand on their own merits. And books like End World, the whole post-apocalyptic thing that was so hot during the 70s and 80s, mm -hmm. it's interesting today to look back on some of those concepts that writers came up with and look at what's going on in the country during this pandemic and oh. go, these guys came somewhat scarily close to what's happening. In some instances, yeah. I'm still publishing End World, too, so <laughs> should throw in a pandemic. Good point, though. Good point. I appreciate you coming out and hanging out with me here at the Six Gun Justice Saloon, and hopefully we'll be able to do this again in the future. Anytime, Paul. Thank you for the invite. Thanks for listening to this Six Gun Justice conversation. Until we meet again, be kind to each other, be kind to yourself, and keep your masks on. Adios.